sit and join the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Sunday. Happy Saturday. Welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design, Minneapolis's premier commercial and residential interior design firm. I am your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to help you kill your Saturday and Sunday early evenings with some booze and conversation. My guest tonight is Nicole Tsavik. Sadik. Damn it. Sadik. <laughs> yes. Oh, I put in a V for no particular reason. Because you're talking about Svetlana? No. I was talking about Svetlana. Yeah. No, it's Sadik. Sadik. Uh, Nicole is the showroom manager for Casual Contact Contract at uh, a provider of premier quality outdoor furnishings located in uh, IMS here in Minneapolis. Um, Nicole Sadik. Close enough? Yes, that's perfect. Okay. <laughs> oh, yay me. Uh, you're banking on the possible return of summer to Minnesota someday. I, I admire your optimism. How confident are you? Well, history tends to repeat itself, so hopefully. I mean, this last weekend. I know. Right? This is true. I this mean, is true. It gives us hope. It's true. It, it will come back. It's why, you know, I love shopping for clothes at the end of the season. Because I know that sooner or later I will need that jacket. I will need that swimsuit. Exactly. Nevertheless... This is the season to start talking about patio furniture. Absolutely. The season that we're right in the prime of it. It's time to think ahead. By the time you're ready to sit down, it is too late, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to talk and uh, teach you guys everything you need to know about buying quality outdoor furnishings um, and and, uh, associated goods, right? Yeah. Awesome. Associated goods. Oh, for the love of Jesus. We got our dedicated coctologist from Mercy and Benedict's and Mill Valley, Dan Newkirk. Dan, how are you, brother? Feeling good. Are you? Yep. Little background inside baseball. We uh, we record these shows ahead of schedule, usually one per week, but we're actually doing two this week, one after the other. So we're already, this is technically segment five, and if you've ever listened to segment four on Facebook to see how well we are doing, you know that this is going to be a great show. <laughs> segment three kind of set the pace for us a little bit. The uh, death in the afternoon with Carter uh, was intense. <laughs> Last week, if you guys missed, last week we had Carter Everbeck from Omforme on the program. And Carter does, he's a furniture artisan. Nicole, do you happen to know him? Not personally, but I follow he's, him on Facebook. And he's, he's brilliant. Yada, yada. He's wonderful. He's outstanding. He reclaims furniture. He updates it. He recovers it. He also makes, by the way, outdoor furniture where he takes uh, vintage furniture, recovers it, dips it in rubber. Oh, interesting. And turns it into outdoor stuff. I should connect you guys because yeah. it would be it's great. It's terribly to interesting. Anyway, he uh, he said his cocktail of choice is something called a death in the afternoon, which is the most appropriately named cocktail in the entire world. Absinthe and champagne with bitters. And uh, both Dan and I had uh, had interesting afternoons after we left. Yeah. Yes, yes, we did. Because it was Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Absinthe, oh, champagne, and tacos. And, and agave. And agave. Yeah. I don't see how it could go wrong. Yeah. Anyway, uh, shout out to Meshbesher Spence Legal uh, uh, <laughs> Representation. No, just kidding. Say that again. <laughs> All right. Mr. Newkirk, what are you making for us tonight? Well, on the, uh, the last show we recorded, we did a vodka tonic. This time we're going to do a gin and tonic. Okay. Uh, house-made tonic, uh, also going to be from uh, Wander North Distillery, okay. uh, where the gin is being sourced from. 
Uh, it is in northeast, northeast Minneapolis, just off of Stinson. Uh, and the special thing about the tonic is I will always rotate the tonic, but it's always a house-made tonic. Mm-hmm. So this one is going to be uh, house-made um, from the chinchona bark, which is quinine, okay. uh, juniper berries, um, pink peppercorns, and, of course, the uh, grapefruit oleo citrate that I did to make the sugar source originally. So interestingly enough, we learned, or you learned next week, that uh, peppercorns, green, red, black, pink, it's all the same peppercorn. The color is changes it, as it ages. Interesting. Isn't it, though? What is it? Where does the peppercorn grow? A tree. Okay. Well, it's, it's, still, it's still a plant. Okay. It never usually really reaches a tree, but it, it gets a thicker stalk. Hmm. So it's a peppercorn shrub. Like kind a of. juniper bush. What is that native to? What, pardon? Like, where do those grow? Oh, that That is a question that is... We have to Not Google it? in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Nicole Sadek is going to really be causing problems <laughs> on the program today. We're looking forward to that. Nevertheless, we need to mix cocktails. So Brett Johnson hit us with our mixing music. Dan Newkirk is filling glasses with ice because are you going to once again, you are, you're going to mix this stuff in, uh, in the Yari without ice, correct? Yeah. And just as a curiosity, the concept there is you don't want it to loot. The Correct. cocktail, right? Also, since we're going to have a, a tonic in it, you don't want to risk losing the. Uh, the last the thing carnation. I want to do is over dilute Greg's cocktail and be shamed for all mankind. Insult my wife, insult my children, kick my dog. That's fine, but don't you dare dilute my cocktail. <laughs> that one's going to be brought back on Valentine's Day. Ooh. All right, so you're adding what is the. Uh, ounce and a half of gin, three quarters ounce of the tonic. Tonic is brixed at uh, 50, as we've talked about in shows past. So that's equal uh, sugar-to-water ratio. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, half ounce of lemon and a top of soda water you can build around the glass. It's super easy. That's awesome. Well, I mean, it's it's it's, it's awesome. But this uh, this tonic that you can only get at Mercy Restaurant and only during happy hour. It's the special. Only during happy hour. Only during happy hour. Because this is good to know. This is truly, legitimately, artisanally created. Dan is back there. He is uh, infusing the uh, the tonic. He's mixing up the bark. I believe you're chewing the bark off a tree in order to make it totally awesome. With my own teeth, yes. His own teeth. That's absolutely awesome. Is it is it listed on the Happy Hour menu, by the way? Yes. Okay. So that was the tonic. What is this? It's lemon juice. Lemon juice. It's just a brightener day. I don't bump. Is that fresh squeezed? Did you squeeze those lemons? Yes, sir. All morning. It's beautiful. Dan Newkirk has been squeezing lemons. Slave it away. And that's not a euphemism, but it should be. Yeah. Wasn't going to go there. (laughs) It'd be cooler if it was a euphemism, but whatever. Have we talked about drinking the style after dark? A second podcast. Is that a new thing? Yes. We're spinning up a second podcast. And drinking the style after dark is going to be drinking the style as heard on the radio on Saturdays and Sundays on AM 950, but then drinking the style after dark, a podcast only, which includes in-between segments where the FCC cannot stop us. Interesting. I noticed that came out this week and, yeah, intrigued. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and if you don't mind signing this quick disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> and release from the liability, we look forward to having you We need you a law it. firm to sponsor that podcast. We seriously do. Yeah. You're right. Ooh. All right. Next week, wait until you hear who we're sponsored by. I got a few law firms that we can go to. Especially given this drink in the style. It's a lot like Brian Oak. Brian Oak has been on the program a bunch of times. And his podcast, uh, The Brian Oak Show, which is fabulous, folks. Listen to it if you haven't. 
um, is actually uh, sponsored by one of those uh, breathalyzer uh, companies. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I know, right? You didn't know these details when you agreed to be mm-hmm. on, did you? <laughs> it's all about the dirt, right? <laughs> Everything is. All right. So now we've got our gin and tonic with the uh, artisanally infused tonic water. We are going to uh, try this really quick. Do you have the quick drinking music? I can't do it with the music playing right now. Oh, shoot. We're almost done. We're going to drink this off air, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Stick with us, and we'll let you know how Newkirk's delicious cocktail turned out or if it's crap. What to do? What to do? The outlook was decidedly blue. I get no kick from champagne Mere alcohol doesn't thrill me at all So tell me why should it be true That I get a kick out of you Welcome back to Drinking the Style hour-long conversation about art, architecture, design, aesthetics in general. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and my guest this evening is Nicole Sadek. Correct. Thank you. You got it. Uh, i got to ask you, from uh, from Casual Contracts, yes. by the way, um, Sadek, what kind of name is Sadek? Ethiopian. Really? Yes. Interesting. My husband is from Ethiopia, and... You don't I look Ethiopian. Yeah, I was going to say, I see a little bit, but yeah. I know about the Ethiopian Jews. The Ethiopian redheads are a considerably less no, common. No, yeah. And <laughs> one of the rare forms. All right. No, I like that. Sadek, the, uh, it's not a silent T. It's a, a, a lesser pronounced T. Yes. If I'm, yeah. If people if, are doing if, it correctly. If people were doing it as the language would require, it's Sadek, but... That's difficult, so. All right. So we'll Sadek. we'll do our best. Yeah. All right. Sadek works for me. Nicole, it's so nice to have you on. Thank you. It's great to be here. Style. Let's talk about patio furniture. Yes. Now, okay, to start with, you guys are not a, a retailer per se. No, we're located in International Market Square. So as is the case with many of the showrooms, and there were two to the trade. Mm-hmm. Browsers are always welcome, but you need a designer to purchase from us. Okay. So. Because that's always been – let's talk quickly about IMS. Um, I mean, IMS is kind of a weird place for a lot of people. For a period of time, it was literally closed to the public. Mm -hmm. And then they opened uh, to the public. Now, some showrooms are willing to let you in if you are just shopping on your own. Some of them require you to have a designer with you. Okay, jump on that. I'm completely lost on that concept. I didn't know that was even a thing. Yeah. So you have to have a designer with you to purchase from your store, and apparently that's a thing in other stores. Well, explain so to a, to a many noob of the like me. Larger cities in America, it's it's really it's a it's a North American thing, not necessarily European, but they have what they call design marts or like international market squares, mm-hmm. where it's basically a wholesale centered building where people who are trained designers, architects, contract hospitality, etc., can come and buy. At their prices versus the retail price, mm-hmm. um, and then they bring their clients in to look at the goods. But yeah, it's it's basically just a showroom for it's, it's, sitting in. Okay, but hold on. So so I'm a restaurant professional mm-hmm. uh, with like t- 15 years of construction background as a project manager. And could I come in and purchase? If you set up an account, yeah. 
Okay. No, I just I never yeah. understood it's, that it's, was a thing. To, which you would for need trade for professionals. Which yeah. you would need a, an EIN, a tax ID number, right, show that right. you're within Correct. that space. Gotcha. No, it is. It's a weird. It's a weird concept. When when my wife and I first moved to Minnesota, in which was like twenty some years ago. It was during the period that it was, I think, only open exclusively to designers. And the concept was this is like a – this is a, a professional's mall. This is where if you are a designer or, a, or an architect, you go in, you get to see the products that are coming directly from suppliers through wholesalers. Mm-hmm. You get to see what those prices are exclusively and then you would take that and spec that out for the end user, which is the client. Right. But it also it also spreads the love of like business and design and like the integrity of what you're doing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Instead of any just any, you know, Tom Dick or Harry coming off the street with an idea. Yeah. So it kind of keeps it to the professionals. Yeah. Cool. And mm-hmm. and it you know and, and there's value in that concept. There really is. But they did that for a number of years, a few years, and then they decided that they would be open to the public. Right. So the public could come in without a designer. But without being able to purchase? In most showrooms, in many okay. showrooms. Okay. So in Nicole's showroom, uh, uh, showroom yep. you can come in, you can see the, uh, the products, you can see the patio furniture, you can mm-hmm. see the outdoor furnishings. If you would like to buy something or get prices on it, you need to be working with a designer. And I'm sure you refer people to designers. We do. And, you know, the great thing about International Market Square is they have a Designer of the Day program Mm -hmm. where there's always a designer that is either on call or in the lobby. Um, I didn't know that. And I have to check my facts because since they redid the lobby, I think that restructured things. But they're still doing the Designer of the Day program where – but at the front desk, whoever's up there can put you in contact with the designer that mm-hmm. can facilitate your purchase or, you know, work on projects for you if you're looking for a designer and you don't have one that you know. I didn't even so. know they did that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, I have a habitation designer who just wanders the halls looking for <laughs> clueless consumers, but uh, otherwise. Whatever works. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Marketing strategies. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, but, uh, but, it, but it's, uh, it is a different concept and it still led to a certain amount of discomfort among the public going in. Mm-hmm. But if you are a member of the general public and you simply would like to come in and learn more about, you know, patio furniture, and we're going to be talking about this in a second when right. I stop babbling, um, you know, it is open to you. And yeah, absolutely. You can come in and sit and see and feel and touch and all that good stuff. Okay. Um, so what floor are you on, by the way? Four, uh, fourth floor, suite 425. Okay. And you should, you know what, if, if you are a shopper, if you are just a, a, a consumer kind of interested in furnishings and what have you, it's a nice place to stop by. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know of a showroom now that doesn't let you come in and browse. No. Kind of defeats the purpose of having a showroom if, yes. you, if you can't do that. Right. Exactly. Right. That's what we're there for. Yeah. And we know who to refer you to. So you can engage someone in one of the showrooms, mm-hmm. talk to them a little bit about what you want to do. And in most cases, there will be a referral or there will be someone that they might point to Absolutely. or the in-house IMS designer. Yeah. There's so many great designers that we work with that would be happy to refer. So, and it yeah. works really well with uh, the patio furniture because you know patio furniture is a different duck altogether. It really, really is. First and foremost, it comes in two forms. In my opinion, habitation is not done a lot in patio furniture. It's mm-hmm. never been our wheelhouse. We do a little bit. It comes in, in in basically cheap and disposable or spendy and eternal. That's Would you true. agree? That's true to a point. I think there's been a lot of evolution in the product line where there's so many different offerings that um, – many different price points. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the cheap and disposable stuff is out there. But that's not really – what we deal in not so much because mm-hmm. 
No, we, you're definitely don't. You know, I we mean, don't that's really the Home Depot add, stuff. That well, and it's not even that. It's more about. I mean, so many of the companies that we work with are focused on sustainability and being environmentally friendly mm-hmm. and products that are going to be legacy products that are going to last, you know, thirty, forty years, not mm-hmm. contributing to landfills. So, right. yes, it's out there, and there's there's places for it. You know, where there's a contract setting where things are going to get used and abused, but. Mm-hmm. For the most part, yeah. No, it's uh, you're, you're hitting on some some major point. I mean, patio furniture. The thing is, I mean, this is stuff that endures a lot of abuse. I mean, on every level, especially here more, in Minnesota. If you right. leave it outside for the winter, absolutely. Oh, more than any indoor piece is going <laughs> to oh, have to God. endure, really. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely true. I mean, the rain, the cold, the mm-hmm. people tend to sprawl out on patio furniture in a way they don't necessarily depending, you know, on, on that. Well, and you're in the elements, so the dirt and the mud and all that kind of stuff is more present. So what would you say is the lifespan of the stuff that you buy at, uh, you know, at uh, Joybird or a home or Yardbird rather, or a Home Depot versus the stuff that, that you're carrying? Well, I think Joybird and so forth, it's five years, ten years if you're generous, depending on how, how well you take care of your things. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got pieces from Brown Jordan that people say, my grandparents bought this in 19... 19- 60 and you know it's been restrapped a few times but the frame is still good and we've mm-hmm. refinished it but it the the actual frame is standing up so yeah and it's, worthwhile it's, and once it's solved it's, yeah it's heritage furniture so. oh, absolutely all right we're going to take another quick break when we come back uh we're talking with uh, nicole Sadek about outdoor furniture the season is coming folks so stick around the british museum it lost its charm It was winter in Manhattan Falling snowflakes filled the air The streets were covered with a film of ice But a little simple magic That I'd heard about somewhere Change the weather all around Just within a trice Welcome back to Drink in the Style, Saturdays at 7 p.m., Sundays at 5 p.m. on AM 950 here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's available all the time as a stream or a podcast. Drinkinthestyle.com, am950radio.com, and you can pick it up. Would love to have you do a review if you are a podcast listener. Five stars is all I'm asking for. If you don't think we're perfect, then keep your opinion to yourself. (laughs) Does that work? Salad. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been speaking with Nicole Sadek from uh, uh, from uh, uh, Custom uh, Casual, uh, contract. Casual Contract. I'm so sorry. It's segment three. I know, right? Thank yeah. you for appreciating yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking about patio furniture, the quality differentiations, and what have you. So let's jump back into it and talk again. Let's talk materials on patio furniture because there is an, an, a world of difference. More now than there ever have been. Give us an overview. Um, so one of the main things you've seen a lot of the woven material that has you know has been in the industry for a while, but one of the lines we carry is Dedon, which they created the woven furniture 29 years ago. They used to make it for other vendors, and then they went out and said we're going to do this for ourselves. So that's that's one. Um, they make other weaves in northern Germany, highest UV treatment, 
environmentally friendly, yada, and yada. And UV this is treatment, technical. by the way, is important because it's going to reduce the fading associated The fading with and the breakdown. Really? Yeah. UV light breaks down fabrics Absolutely. as well? Absolutely. Didn't know that. Fabrics and synthetics and everything, yeah. Okay. Yep. I cut you off. So, Keep going, please. No, I mean, um, so there's that. There's one, one of the examples that I like is the aluminum. You know, it used to be like wrought iron and um, brass and bronze and stuff like that for outdoor furniture. Now it's aluminum because it's lighter weight. Mm-hmm. And doesn't rust. Doesn't, it doesn't uh, rust. You don't get. Uh, you can do lots of different finishes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Although brass outdoor furniture, I've not heard of that. That's an interesting. So thought. that's Brown Jordan had some collections back. So Brown Jordan was created in 1945 after World War II. Okay. Um, and so they had a couple of collections that used brass. One is the Walter Lamb collection, which there's a really cool story behind that uh, collection actually. So Walter Lamb is the designer. Of it, and he went and salvaged pieces from World War II ships in Pearl Harbor that sunk. Really? And used the copper, no, excuse me, not copper, bronze and brass piping to make this furniture line. Really? Sold, and then Brown Jordan sold it in Bloomingdale's and so forth. And um, So that so was reclaimed, salvaged pieces from-, from World War II ships that were sunk in Pearl Harbor. And so they made this line, and then the. the a portion of the proceeds that were made off of this Walter Lamb collection actually went back to families that were impacted by Pearl Harbor. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And they used, you know, the cotton netting that were off the ships to make those straps and stuff. Um, it's a podcast, so you, I can't show you a picture of the chair, but it's on Brown Jordan's <laughs> website. Okay. Um, so talking about new materials, it was, you know, bronze and brass. And for Brown Jordan's 75th anniversary, they're introducing the Walter Lamb chair again, but this time with a aluminum frame that's available in 21 different finishes. Okay. Um, one of the finishes is made to look like patinaed bronze. Okay. So you can get that look if you want it. You'll, I mean, if you go on first dibs, you'll see an original Walter Lamb chair, and they're mm-hmm. still out there. Um, and then they, instead of the cotton roping, they use a biodegradable UV-tested um, synthetic rope that's, you yeah. know, can stand up to outdoor elements. So that's. And even in Minnesota. Absolutely in Minnesota. Yeah, that's one of the things about outdoor furniture is, um, I mean. It's tested and tested and tested all over again because, again, like we talked about before, we don't want it to end up in landfills. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another reason why teak is such a great product. That's another wood that you see a lot in outdoor furniture. 100%. What is it about teak that is so perfect for outdoor? It has really ho- high oil content. Okay. And so oil resists water. Mm-hmm. And so it keeps the water off the teak. Now, you know, in some of the southern climates, you can maybe try to keep your teak the honey color. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. I've got to catch up here. Uh, so, teak. <laughs> teak is a type of wood. Is it not teaky? Like, the, <laughs> like tiki oh, torches? I don't want to no, say No, those it. are, strangely enough, those yeah. are made out of bamboo, which makes no sense of any kind. Okay. Well, bamboo is also a wood that's used in outdoor furniture. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, and bamboo is a great teak, product. Teak yeah. has no, no relation to tiki. No. Not as far as I know. It's T-E-A-K. Okay. Versus so, T-I-K-I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the spelling, but I just yeah. I've never heard of teak before. It's With a grown- silent S, by the way, it's it's actually pronounced tiki course. No. Okay, no, it's not. I'm sorry. Tiki sonic. No, no. Going I, I see. It I see. I all. see. I see. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we'll edit that out. It's later. a tree that's grown primarily in Indonesia, Indonesia and Brazil. Okay. Um, and it grows very quickly, but at the same time, the the companies that we use tend to harvest it. Um, ones at 15 years, but Gloucester, which is a well-known outdoor teak line mm-hmm. harvests the trees at 60 to 75 years because the longer you let the tree grow, the more oil content there is. And of course, it, of course. Um, it's denser wood. Mm-hmm. It's just, and you know, you're not completely reharvesting 
all the time. So, do you happen to know? Does teak need to be kiln dried, or it is do, it uh, ours is okay? Does it need to be? I don't know the answer to that question. If it needs to be, but I would think it's going to last longer. I mean, right? Because you yeah. know, we uh, there was a period of time I used to import uh, mahogany or a derivative mm-hmm. of mahogany out of Indonesia on on furniture, and there are a lot of places that sell that kind of Southeast Asian furniture that's cut through, you know, the right. Nettos and all those other guys. And the fact is, it, it simply cannot hold up against the Minnesota climate. No, it it, it can't be done no matter how carefully you you do that. Teak, on the other hand. I've seen last for ever, as yeah. far as I can see, in in Minnesota climates, which is interesting. So teak is 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 the best wood to use for outdoor absolutely furniture. Yep. The aluminum is is the trend right now. You're saying I wouldn't so much say it's a trend. Um, it's been around for a while, but it's it's become the best material to use outdoors because, okay. like you said, it doesn't rust. Mm-hmm. You can easily powder coat it with different finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's lightweight. Steel does need to be powder coated. The moment that powder coat disappears, that steel is going to start to oxidize. Rusting. It's going to start yep. rust. Yep. Without a doubt. Um, so you're seeing that as a general trend. What about styles on outdoor furniture? You know, There's a lot of Scandinavian mid-century modern influence that I see right now. Okay. Um, it, I, I don't want to say it's moving more contemporary. There are definitely lines that are doing that mm-hmm. but a lot of natural fiber like they, a lot of the woven stuff is getting a lot more interesting where they're trying to emulate like a faux teak or a faux like that's the thing with aluminum too mm-hmm. is they're coming out with new finishes that emulate teak without the maintenance Oh, which makes uh, sense because teak does need there is dan there is some there maintenance, is maintenance required involved. you have to use a teak oil on well, it or no am i wrong you can okay so when you when you're using the teak oil with your rag or whatever it is, does it make the noise? Ticky ticky ticky. Are you a SpongeBob fan? Uh, I mean, I am. Squidward's Tiki Wonderland. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Fred, we're paying attention. I demand that he searches that out. But don't worry about it, man. You're fine. You keep right. on doing you. Um, what, what other maintenance needs to be done? By you don't use teak oil. On you teak? could use teak oil if you want to bring it back to the honey color. Okay. But in Minnesota, mm-hmm. that's a very time consuming thing to do mm-hmm. um pretty much season done. over season, season essentially over. right yeah so what's the alternative you just let it gray you let it gray because okay. it patinas to this beautiful silver gray color and so what we say is so so wood will patina to a silver gray color correct and it won't kill the wood it won't be like a er, no. early signs of like getting ready to break down no well that's pretty cool it is cool yeah yeah <laughs> it's i mean if I, i'm sure if, you don't realize maybe till you see it but like a lot of the benches out there that are wood it's probably a teak wood that's just grayed out Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just assume like uh, like like treated wood, you know, like green. Oh, like wood. the pine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that would assume you know mm-hmm. assemble with the uh, the gray. Right, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the so biggest no, mistake you can make with teak. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is to try to put a varnish or absolutely uh, kind of changes natural like well components. that keeps the oil from coming out of the teak wood. So if you have pieces that like we have pieces in our showroom that have not been outside. And they've been on the floor for a few years, and the wood just has this sheen to it because the teak oil just naturally comes out of it. If you put the varnish on that, it negates that. Mm-hmm. So as far as maintenance, what we say is, you know, give the teak a few weeks to breathe after it comes off the pallet, it sits in the showroom or in your in the installed space, 
And then after that, you put a stain protector on it just so that, you know, when you set your wine glass or your vodka glass down, that is you don't get that That is ring. true because it will absorb it if Absolutely. you don't have it sealed. Yeah. And the best thing about teak is so because it's unfinished wood, it doesn't have a varnish on it, if you do get a stain, you can take a fine sandpaper, very lightly rub it, just rub that stain out, and a day later that teak oil will come back again. Really? I you didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. See, see, for me, everything I know about teak is based on boats. Ah, and they Minnetonka varnish it nonsense. in that situation. In, in some, if you're it, never when you buy, a, I've never seen a boat that's come off the production line that they varnished it. Okay, they never touch that. But every now and then, you find somebody who has decided it's a good idea to try to seal in the color and make it stay, and then it just becomes this terrible, crispy, peeling yeah. excuse for for furniture because the oil is probably trying to break through the varnish. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right, teak. We teak. like it. So we like teak. Yeah. <laughs> We like teak. Teagle. We like aluminum. Teagle. Is is there any any specific thing that should be avoided at all costs? What advice would you give to folks who are looking for? Well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll lob it up. The the poly plastic weaving that is in ninety five percent of the furniture that you see at your true values in your home, mm-hmm. you know, things. It ultimately breaks. What are your thoughts on that? Are there decent alternatives? And what was it that they're trying to emulate? You mean by like the woven, like it looks like it's a woven piece. Yes. Um, they're, they're trying to emulate a higher end weave. So mm-hmm. like I said before, like with Didon, um, with a lot of lines that we carry, they use a weave that has a lot of UV, uh, where's escaping me right now, but like a UV protectant in it. Mm-hmm. Stabilizer, UV stabilizer, which it, it does exactly that. It stabilizes the color, it stabilizes the strength of the material. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you can buy that, but it's going to break down it's that whole cry once concept you know pay for quality cry once so oh that's a really wait i like that yeah so, no i've never heard that actually before to say it again pay for quality cry once just i mean it kind of but what about a second cry is that not appropriate well if you're not buying quality you're going to write that check over and over and over you're going to cry more than once yeah, more than right, once. that's good it's good. That a lot. Yeah. I, I, that's your standard mantra at uh cry once i, I have to attribute it to a designer that First introduced me to that line, Jeremy okay. Wonderlook. I don't know his awesome. name, but sounds familiar. Okay, cry once. All right, cry once. All right, I like that. Um, <laughs> what about? <laughs> sorry, Sunbrella fa- fabrics. We're going to yeah. talk about this. Yeah. Sunbrella is the gold standard on outdoor uh, woven fabrics. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. What makes Sunbrella so awesome? It goes back to the UV again. So mm. it's got high UV UV stabilizers. It's solution at acrylic. Which to get technical here. Instead of just taking the piece of fabric and putting it in a solution, they actually dye the yarn. So it's through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's all outdoor. It's cleanability. There's when you buy you know when you buy this umbrella, there's a cleaning chart that comes with it that shows you how to get basically any stain out of this fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got great design. I mean, just every year they're creating new collections that are just more and more innovative and more and more interesting. And so. it's not just and it's not just, you know, the name. It's the actual process of creating it's a superior a, product. Yeah, Costs it's a more, but it's worthwhile. And it's really when yeah, when you compare it to some of the other mills, it's very well priced. Fabulous. So Folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll tell you a bit more about the furniture that you're going to want in about three, four months. So stick with us. How's the time to order? No. How long I wonder exist. No matter how much I persist. So it's clear to see. 
there's no hope for me Though I live at 5135 Kensington Avenue And she lives at 5133 Ladies and gentlemen, GPS brought to you by Frank Sinatra Welcome back to Drink in the Style It's a pleasure to have you with us We have been hoping for the return of spring And talking with Nicole Sadek about patio furniture, the quality, the nature of it. Uh, so thank you for being with us. Um, <laughs> do you think? Hold on, we got to go back to that little uh, GPS comment with the uh, the Frank Sinatra song. Do you think yeah. that like really upped his uh, game? When he was putting his address on the uh, on a song like that, <laughs> he just had like ladies lining up, like knocking on his door, asking to be a, a caller. Like what the hell? Well, Frank How famous was he when he wrote that song? At what point? I mean. It's funny. You should ask this question because we didn't do the musical notes that we're going to start doing. This album, which came out in uh, 19 – hold on. Let me check my paperwork. I believe it's 1954, right? Yeah, 1954, Songs for Young Lovers. This is fresh off the resurrection of his career. Sinatra in 53 was passe. He was dead. Then he starred in From Here to Eternity mm. and completely revitalized his career. In fact, are you a Godfather fan? I've seen it. Okay. Are you a Godfather fan? Uh, of course. One, one and two. Scream oh, absolutely. Yeah. One and two for sure. Yeah. So Johnny Fontaine, do you remember when he came to the Don and he basically said, you know, I there's this this part in this in this film and I need to get it. It'll revitalize my career. And the Don sent Tom Hagen out to force the producer to uh, to give him the part. That was all about from here to eternity. That was Frank Sinatra. Asking, uh, I've forgotten which Genevieve's family it was, Don, but to get him the part in From Here to Eternity to revitalize his career. And once he did, he never looked back. But before From Here to Eternity, he was completely dead. He had, Very interesting. He was history. So when he did that, and then in 54, when he came out with this particular album, which is not one of my favorites. I'm sorry, Nicole, you're one of my favorites. But oh, thank the you. album isn't one of my favorites. Um, he was uh, back on top of the world, and it worked out. Was that your question? Not at all, but that's fine. Huh. I'm going to go ahead and guess yes that he got uh, he got some more. Uh, oh, you know what I was going to say? His talent. son did get kidnapped. I mean, maybe that was his address. I don't know. That's a fascinating question. Do you think it really was his address? It couldn't have been. He didn't write his own songs. Well, that's... well it was eight six seven five three zero nine the actual <laughs> phone number? I mean, <laughs> he didn't live in Colorado. Just saying. Just saying. I don't know. Yeah, I don't fair know. enough. Fair enough. Oh dear God! Drinking the style. Lord help us. Um, <laughs> All right. Furniture. Outdoors. Now. Yeah, back to furniture. Yeah. Now I've lost everything we had between the, the, the break. Here's what we're going to do. First, we're going to start with Nicole. Nicole, people are going to have outdoor patio furniture needs. It's time to start thinking about it. I know there's still snow on the ground. I know it's still cold. But look, quality furniture takes a certain amount of time. If you are going to Home Depot, yes, you can grab the box, and after six hours of assembly, you can have a patio Mm -hmm. that's set up, but it's not going to last more than, it's seriously not going to last more than two years if you're lucky. Correct. If you want quality furniture, you need to have some lead time, which means now is the time to think about it. Absolutely. How do folks uh, take a look at what uh, Casual Contract has to offer and learn more? Um, you can always go to our website, which is just www.casualcontract.com. There's links to all of our vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, just come into IMS, come and sit and see. And, you know, of course, like we talked about before, work with a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got an Instagram account, Casual Contract. You can see new things that 
are coming to the showroom. Uh, but yeah, now is the time. It's February, March. April's getting a little bit late, but mm-hmm. you know you could still, depending on when winter finally lifts its hand here. An ounce ounce of prevention, pound of cure, the math speaks for itself. Seriously, guys, if you want decent outdoor furniture that's going to be both comfortable, has longevity, has quality, uh, now you've got to start thinking about it. Absolutely. Because it will come. Summer will come. Cry once with casual concepts. (laughs) 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 Newkirk. You want to plug something? You got some stuff going on this week. The only thing that's going to be relevant for us is going to be uh, February 12th, which uh, you and you and your lovely wife are coming to. Uh, and if you're a tequila enthusiast, we invite everyone. So we have uh, the release of our uh, Patron Barrel. It's a Patron Añejo, so it's aged 30 months. Uh, it drinks like tequila water. It's sexy as hell. And we're teaming up with our executive chef, Gustavo Romero, who was born and raised in Mexican, Mexico City who we do a Taco Tuesday takeover every Tuesday. Uh, but his menu is much sexier than just the tacos that we pr- procure. So Gustavo. February 12th, 55 bucks, uh, five courses without alcohol pairings, uh, 85 for uh, Patron pairings. So it's not like we're not pairing you with some wine. We're, we're giving you some high-quality spirits, stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Let's do it. It's exciting. Seriously, check it out. Uh, is that on the Mercy site or something? Yeah, we, we have uh, stuff. What's the Mercy site? Well, I mean, there, there's... On Facebook, you have Mercy. Okay. On Instagram, you have Mercy MPLS. Okay. Uh, website, mercympls.com. Perfect. There it is. That's all the relevant information. All right. We're going to do the habitation audio log, and then uh, and then I got one more question I want to ask okay. from, from, <laughs> from Nicole Tzadik. Tzadik. You got it down now. I know. I do. I enjoy yeah. saying it. I really do. All right. Habitation audio log installment 51. Temporary location. Sorry about that sniffle, everyone. Here we go. All right, everybody. The gigantic changes I've been referencing for the past couple months are underway. Last week, Habitation moved from its home uh, of the past five years in the godforsaken nightmare that is St. Louis Park. By the way, don't ever open a business in St. Louis Park. Seriously, honestly, email me. (laughs) I'll give you everything you need to know. To its temporary home in Minnetonka. For the next few months, habitation will be at 15102 Minnetonka Industrial Road. Located just off of Minnetonka Boulevard and Williston Road, the temporary showroom location continues to showcase some of the finest home and commercial furnishings in the Twin Cities. There are some permanent uh, differences in how habitation operates these days. Specifically, we're really no longer a stop-and-shop type of retailer. Habitation isn't the spot you want to drop in if you want to buy a sofa that you can have delivered the next day. Our focus is much more design-oriented. We are in the business of finding the perfect products for your home, not the fastest. We'd like to spend some time with you, come out to your space, help you find the furnishings that are ideal for you aesthetically, functionally, and, of course, fiscally. Over the next several weeks, by the way, Dan, do you enjoy the hand talking? I'm just going to realize that we all are a bunch of hand talkers, so there's just that's just what it is. Just a lot of hands flying around here. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, no, seriously. I, I stopped like, bringing it up because last week it was like we were hand talk fighting. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's, it's like a giant patty cake <laughs> at, the, at the table. Sorry. Over the next several weeks, I'm going to talk more about how this business model works and why we at Habitation are embracing a more bespoke form of retail. But while we're waiting for that, let me just say this. 
Habitation shall remain a destination for those who seek quality, longevity, and value when seeking to fill their space. If you are interested in speaking with a habitation designer, give us a call at 952-426-3548 and we'd love to set up an appointment. Your pad or ours, either way, I'll personally guarantee that you will not find a better place for your furnishing needs, no matter what they may be. And I'll put a P.S. on that, except if you are looking for outdoor patio furniture, (laughs) which we don't do that much, in which case you must go to Casual Contract because, honestly, you guys are the best. That's the best, the best, yeah. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. What do you think about the log? It was shorter than the last one. (laughs) I know, it's true. All right. I didn't get to that part in the show yet. (laughs) Nicole. It's time to clog off after that one. (laughs) (laughs) Let me ask you one more question before we fade out of this okay. because it's mad. this matters because you guys are about service. You guys are about quality. You guys are about real patio furniture, real outdoor furniture. Right. Um, oh, shit. And I didn't get – well, oh, woohoo. I didn't get to ask you about any of the uh, commercial projects like the Lifetime. You guys did Lifetime out at Southdale. We did. Oh, yep. I can't wait to sit on the rooftop patio. It's, are you a member? Uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't have uh, diamond level. I just have onyx level. But oh, this well, summer might be a different story. It. Yeah. yeah, it's – it's phenomenal. I mean, hit it. Hit it. Actually, tell us about that. I'm sorry. Sp- we'll have you on the show the again, summer, and we'll talk more about this. But tell us now. All the, the Lifetime Southdale space is supposed to be awesome. It, it's fantastic. You know, I went there for the opening, and granted, you know, it's, what was it, December? The pool was so not open yet, but. It wasn't I'm open, but they had, they had it semi-set up, and they've got this great grid collection that it just, it it sits great. It's so high fashion. Um, I mean, just the whole area up there. They've got the pool areas, and they got these little private cabanas that you can use, and they've got the the restaurant up there. And then there's a workspace, too, that uses a lot of those same elements. I mean, it's it's just... It's a lifetime on steroids. It's, it's, it's a lifetime on steroids. And uh-huh. I mean, just for that pool area, it's worth every dollar. Uh-huh. So... I think yeah. it's I, yeah no it's 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 totally cool and you guys did all of the patio furniture or most of the patio most furniture? of it yeah okay yeah I don't want to say all of it because I know that there's other partners involved in that as well but did, did yeah. they give you like an aesthetic how did you do it did you did they say we this so is we what don't we want? design it the lifetime has their own design department um, we're the resource for the goods basically okay. so um, but you know we do a lot of the making sure it gets there on time and all that good stuff and, and helping sure them pick up the correct products for what they're doing. So, 100%, yeah. which makes sense. Incidentally, this is a curiosity. What would you say is the most important thing in picking a line that you're going to represent? Are they going to back us up when something goes wrong? Really what it is. Um, you know, because we, we would love to say that every project goes perfectly as planned, but that's mm. not the case. That's just not reality. So, you know, when something does go wrong, when there's an extended lead time, are they going to support us? And if they support us, we can support the designer that we're working with or the contract client that we're working with. So... It's really just about being a partnership and, you know. Knowing they'll back up what happens. Absolutely. you can't guarantee outcome, but you can only guarantee a certain amount of Absolutely, and we've service. got some fantastic partners. All right. There it is, my friends. We have drunk our way through another episode. On behalf of Habitation Furnishing and Design, Nicole Sodic from Casual Contract, and Dan Newkirk, yeah, from all over the place, I'd like to wish everybody good luck this coming week. And this week's quote is actually from Mahatma Gandhi. I don't know why. There is more to life than increasing its speed. Good night, everybody. 